For me, it's just waking up and spending time with God. Um, like I said, when I first got to college, I'd be like the last time I would because I'd want to sleep in as late as I could before class. Um, but now it just looks like even if it's 10, 15 minutes earlier when I wake up, um, you know, I'm going to read something in my Bible to start my day off right. And Hey guys, welcome back to Cuban 99, the most edifying podcast in the world. And we're back today with a very special episode, very special guest, Mr. Ben Powell. Thank you for um, coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I've uh, heard a lot about it, seen a lot about it, so I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming, taking time out of your busy schedule to, to come on. So uh, my first question for you is kind of like, what's your story? What's your background? Um, just kind of like, almost not like, why are you here, but almost like a, like, you know, what brings you here? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you know, a little bit about my background. I'm from Marietta, Georgia, born and raised. Um, grew up in a Christian household, small family, just my mom and my dad and my sister and myself. So not too big. Um, but, you know, I grew up going to church, living in the church. And um, as I got to college, um, you know, little backstory, I had my faith in high school was probably as strong as it's ever been, right? Like, I was going to church every every Sunday. I was leading a Bible study every Zoom. Um, I got to a point where I was in a really great place in my relationship with the Lord. And as I kind of got into college, I, I completely fell away from it because um, there wasn't a local church nearby where I went to school. Um, and I just decided it wasn't convenient for me to go um, to church. So I was like, oh, I'll stop going. And then I stopped kind of reading my Bible, and it got to a point where I was really missing something in my life and I didn't know what it was. And eventually I came to the realization that it was Christ. Um, so, you know, start a Bible study back up over Zoom with uh, three of my best friends. Sorry, they can't be here to meet you. Uh, David Ford, Maxwell Ford, and Dax Isbell. Um, there are three collegiate golfers. Two of them play in North Carolina. One of them plays at uh, UT Martin over in Tennessee. Um, so yeah, I started that. And there's, ever since then, my faith's really grown. and. Um, you know, I just kind of want to come on here, talk a little bit about that and why we started that and what what that's done for me and what that's, I, I hope it could do for a lot of you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great introduction, I think. Um, you kind of highlighted a little bit about uh, you and your three friends starting a Bible study when you got to college. I kind of want to know more, like a little bit more about that. Like, why did you start it? Uh, what was kind of the reason? How did you get started and how has it grown to what it is today? Yeah, I think... Um, the way it like kind of started a little weird, but it was like a New Year's resolution. I was trying to think of like something to do because every year we get to New Year's and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go work out more. Oh, I'm going to eat healthier. And I always fail and I'll do it for like a week and then it just stops. So I was like, what's something like actually tangible that I can do every single week and hold myself to it? Um, and I've kind of felt the Lord like tugging at my heart for a long time to kind of start something back up like that. Um, like I did in high school and I decided, you know, I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I made an Instagram account. I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. And I texted David and Maxwell and I was like, they're two collegiate golfers. They're really well connected and strong Christian dudes. They just come from a good family, good guys. And they were like, yeah, I'd love to join. And so we started and then we had, uh, our fourth guy, Dax, he came and was like a guest speaker on it one night. And we just thought like after hearing him speak, like the energy he has for Christ, um, which is so amazing that we thought he'd be a perfect addition to be our fourth guy. Um, I mean, it's been really cool. I mean, we've been, we've been in it for like eight months now. Yeah, we started in January, so like almost eight months. And I mean, we got 
feature in the golf channel. I mean, just like a lot of stuff that like I, I did not believe it was ever going to happen. It was just a Bible study. I started with a few friends, just trying to stay connected to the word of God um, during like, you know, trying times like college can be. And it's, it's growing to so much more than that. And really that's just all the Lord um, moving in a way that we can't really see, we can't really explain, but we're just so thankful for all the blessings he's given us with this call. Cause as much as it's meant for a lot of people, it's probably meant even more for me. I don't know what I'd, where I'd really be without it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, when we go to do things for God or for others, especially for others, like through God, uh, you realize that you learn so much more from it and you benefit so much more from it than anyone else could. Um, so I think it's, it's cool that you kind of saw that within your Bible study, because I feel like that's something that uh, for me personally, I've learned while doing this podcast that it's like, I've learned so much more about my faith, about who I am, who God is, um, a thousand times more than any of my listeners or guests could possibly um, have learned. So, I mean, it's been great for me, and I bet the Bible study, um, kind of starting that has been great for you. So, obviously, when you're in college, it's a little, it's hard to kind of like stay motivated. Um, how have you kind of found your way to stay motivated um, in pursuing your relationship with God? I think like what you just talked about a little bit with um, the people you surround yourself with. For me, that's been the biggest thing. Um, that's something I struggled with when I got to college. I didn't surround myself with people. They're obviously great people, but just not people that had the same values in line that I did. Um, and I kind of started to fall away from what I was raised on and what I knew and, you know, frankly made some decisions I'm not proud of. And kind of after that, I kind of took a look at myself in the mirror and I was like, man, I need to... I know I'm only you know 20 years old, but I gotta I gotta do something to change because this isn't how I'm not happy right now. I mean I could I was finding a lot of temporary um, happiness, but there wasn't much joy in my life, and that that's what you really want is to find joy, not temporary happiness. Because I mean it talks about in the Bible, earthly possessions really they don't mean much in the end. I mean it's all heavenly possessions. That's what we should be storing ourselves up for. Um, so kind of just, I tried to surround myself with the best group of people I could. And luckily I knew these guys and we started this Bible study and it's led me to just some amazing people. I've been able, I just got back from a retreat from this, uh, it's this thing called College Golf Fellowship. It's like a college golfers, like a Christian thing that they do. Um, and they've been nice enough to invite me because I'm connected in the golf world. And I mean, just, I've been able to meet so many college golfers and not even that, just so many people through this Bible study that have just, that will like go out of their way to text me and ask me ask me how I'm doing. Like it's not like they're obligated to do it. They just want to make sure I'm doing well. I mean, like when I told them I was coming on here, I had like 25 people send me messages of support. Like it's just like random stuff like that, where I just like feel so so happy and so grateful that I have that community because I I did not have that when I first came into college. So I mean that's probably my best advice, at least for like everyone that listens to this. Like the best thing to grow your relationship with the Lord, I think, is to grow it with other people. Um, it's one thing to grow by yourself, and that's a great thing, right? Like, you should read your Bible by yourself, and you should pray, and you should do all that. I agree. Um, but when you really are getting down, like, in the Word with one of your friends and someone that, like, you can call, like, a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, like, that's, like, the most special connection you can make. It's, like, more like a family than anything else. And I think for me personally, like, um, like even throughout this summer, I've, I've kind of experienced the same thing. Um, obviously I'm not a, a golfer, there's not many Egyptian <laughs> golfers out there, but you know, I've a lot of, uh, like I've been on mission trips this summer. Yeah. And so you build those connections with people. Um, even last summer I was doing the same thing and you build these connections with people that are more than friendships. Like there, it's not just like when you think of a friendship, it's like, it's a real connection through God. And it's like, 
it's honestly life-changing because you realize that there are, like obviously you know that there's people who share your faith there's people who go to your church there's people whatever but it's different when you find people outside of your community outside of the same situation you're in that kind of hold on to the same values the same faith that you do because and it's really encouraging so i I've, i feel you in the same way where it's like you know meeting these complete like new people people who like you know like that can just support you and give you messages of encouragement, even like, like they don't have to do it, but it's just something about being in unity with God that kind of like pushes them in that way. Um, so how do you find yourself like continuing to develop those relationships and develop those connections um, through God? You know, I'd say the, the big thing for me um, that I've really had to work on was, was the whole idea of jealousy. Um, I talked to you a little bit about this before, but you know, my, my life goal was to play college golf. I mean, to be a professional golfer, I kind of knew that was out of the cards. I'm not that great, but college golf, I mean, that, that's what I had my mind and heart set on. And I was like, if I don't play college golf and everything else is a failure in my life. Um, and I, you know, looked at a few small division three schools, but didn't think I'd even really get a chance to play there. Um, and eventually just reached a point where I was like, I, I can't go here to school. I wouldn't enjoy it. And it wouldn't be worth it to go, you know, up north to play golf two months out of the year. It's not not what I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, having friends like I do with the guys in the Bible study for a long time. I mean, I I could care less about their faith. I just wanted to be like them because of how good they were at golf. Um, like the two four brothers, the guys I run it with. Like for a long time, I always like I, they like were kind of like idols to me. I mean, I was like, how are these guys so good at golf? Like this is why I should be friends with them because they're so good at golf. Um, and it was, you know, a lot of selfish, jealous reasons just because I, they had something that I, I desperately wanted. Um, and then after, I think, just a certain amount of time and praying on it and really sitting and thinking on it, I kind of got to a point where I realized, like, this, this jealousy I have in me, it does no good for me. Um, it does no good for them either because, I mean, they're just trying to prove to me that they're not, like, something I should try to be. Um, so the big thing for me was just kind of realizing my, my Joel – my goal now um, is to be the biggest supporter I can for them through Christ. Um, so for me, that looks like when they, they're playing a tournament right now, it looks like me sending them a Bible verse before they play, a little bit of encouragement, or me calling them after they play a bad round of golf and being like, hey, man, like, I get you played bad, but look what we have. We have a, such of a bigger hope. We have the Lord. Um, and now my, my role is just to be an encourager. Um, for not only for them, but for all my friends. Um, that's something I, I struggled with for a long time. I needed like people to tell me that I was good at something to kind of feel that way. Um, and now just completely try to flip that script. And, you know, sometimes people, people just need to hear little words of encouragement. It doesn't need to be much. I mean, I've seen so many videos on the internet where it's just like one, saying one thing to someone can change, not only their day, but it can change, honestly, it can change their life. I mean, I've had people tell me things that I'll remember to this day because of how much they hurt. And then a lot of people tell me things to this day that I'll remember because of how much they meant to me. Um, so just some, being a supporter and encourager, um, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm really trying to do. And that's what I feel like um, something I've been blessed with by the Lord that I've kind of have a strength for and I have a knack for. Um, and I'm just such, so thankful to be in that position, even though I wasn't the best golfer, that I can be around amazing golfers and just help support them through Christ. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's an amazing thing to do is to be kind of like a positive support system for the people around you. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm a little bit sick, but going back to your point of like just a small word can change, you know, the entire scope of even someone's life. I mean, there's a story I heard where 
um, there was this woman who was going to commit suicide on the Golden State Bridge. Um, so just like walking on the side of the bridge and she just like looks over at the part she's going to jump over and just kind of stands there for a couple minutes. And some random guy who's like, no clue who she is, just kind of walks by her, like pats her on the back and says, it's going to be okay. God loves you. Just keeps walking. Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't ask for anything. Just says that and keeps walking. And then that woman just couldn't bring herself to commit suicide anymore. Completely changed her life around. Uh, went back to God, you know, developed herself in the faith and is now um, like a, you know, a very faithful person in the church and does a lot of things. So it's even stories like that where it's like, like just think about what God can do with what, with what you do. It's like, you know, we say like, uh, like St. Paul says, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Mm. It's the same thing. Like we can, we just do whatever we can. We give God everything we can. And he takes whatever we, whatever we did, whether it was good or bad, and makes it um, according to his plan. Mm. So I think even if you look at, you know, your own situation where it's, oh, like, you know, can't go play college golf, like taking that and using it for something better. Um, like I know even for myself, like uh, there's been a lot of things that I've failed in in life. Uh, like, I, I mean, the list is endless. The list, <laughs> yeah. list is literally endless. But it's how does God use those things that are bad or that I failed in? to do something better with later on. Um, in like the last podcast that I filmed, uh, one of the guests was talking about how she keeps a prayer journal. And so she like looked back, like stuff she prayed for like two, three years ago. That's awesome. That's and it's good. like just looking at how God answered her prayer. And it's not like in the way that she thought. It's just in a way like completely better and yeah, different. I don't think it ever is. It never is. Thought, it never yeah. is. So I think it's like, it's really cool and it's really, it's really encouraging to know that you know, all the people around you, like God uses them to work for positivity in your life and in their lives. Um, but I want to hear more about uh, these college golfer guys. Like, um, who are they? Why, like, why are they such role models to you? And, you know, what, what, what are things about them that maybe like we can learn from? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first, I guess, from a, a golf background with them um, and talk a little bit about some of their accolades and success. Um, as golfers and then I'll talk about them as people not that they aren't people when they play golf yeah. but I'll talk about their faith background as well um I'm by the way I'm bummed they can't be here I really wanted you to meet them but they're they're great guys they're both at all at the tournaments right now um but this is me speaking on all four of our behalfs um so I guess I'll start with the their triplets but there's two brothers um David and Maxwell Ford um so they're both from Peachtree Corners Georgia like 30 minutes away from here um, they both went to a small private school called Rivers Academy and played golf there. Um, David plays golf in North Carolina, and Maxwell played two years at University of Georgia, and now he's transferring with, to be with his brother at North Carolina. Um, I guess a little bit about their golf success. Um, if anyone like on listening to this is a big golf fan, um, David's currently ranked the number four, yeah, the number four ranked amateur in the world, so fourth best player in the world. Um, He's won the Jones Cup. He just played in his first PGA Tour event a few weeks wow. ago and made the cut. Um, so he's had a lot of success at a young age. And so has Maxwell. Maxwell um, won the Junior Jones Cup. Um, I mean, was a ping All-American at Georgia. And then Dax Isbells, he's from Cumming, Georgia. Um, plays at UT Martin, a small school in Tennessee, Division One school, and he was first team all freshman in his conference I mean just like unbelievable golf yeah. all three of these guys like they're, they're they're so I get to play with them sometimes and it's 
it's like fun for me, but not fun for me because I know I'm going <laughs> to lose by so much. Um, but the thing about them that makes it so cool is as good as they are at golf, that's not even why I'm friends with them anymore. Um, I mean, it is cool to be friends with them because I'll have people come up. Like I work for a golf company and all people are like, oh, don't you know these guys? I'm like, yeah, no big deal. I know them. <laughs> um, but who they are as people is what makes them so special to me. I mean, David and Maxwell, I've, I've known Maxwell for longer than David, but Maxwell, I mean, was one of my first like friends I could really be real with about my faith. I didn't, I didn't really have that too much. I mean, I had people in my church small group, but it was like, we'll be real about our faith on one day, and then every other day, you know, we'll just talk about other stuff that's like inappropriate stuff or dumb stuff. But like, this Maxwell and David and Dax, but Maxwell, when I first met him, he's always been so intentional um, about how he speaks to me and about like the advice he gives me, like. Anytime I go through a problem, like he's he's the first person I call. Um, all three of those guys, like I'll just set up a group FaceTime with that call. I'm like, hey guys, like I I just need your advice. Um, yeah, so David too. I mean, he's just he's probably one of the most faithful dudes I know. Um, he struggled with injuries throughout his career, and he struggled with some other stuff. And just throughout it all, he's been praising God, um, which to me is such a powerful thing to see because he's in a he's you know, obviously had a lot of success, but he's also had so many failures um, with all these injuries. And he could have, you know, as a 19, 20 year old, that's so easy to be like, God, why are you, why am I injured, mm-hmm. right? I'm 20, like, I don't deserve to be injured. Maybe if I get older, I could be injured, but not now. And he's just like, no, nah, it's gonna work out. Like, he's gonna use me. Um, and then Dax is just one of the most like, well-spoken, just like, I don't know if you've ever met one of those, like one of those guys that like, it's just like way too nice. Like yeah, everything, yeah. like, you like think he's faking it because of how nice he is. Like he's like that. He's like I, I like I want to be like, why are you being so nice to me? But that's just how he is. He's just like the nicest kid. Um, so yeah, I mean they're just three, probably my three best friends. And I mean I'm just you know really lucky to know them. And not only from a golf perspective, but just like I said, from a faith perspective, I I can't imagine. Like I literally cannot imagine where my faith would be. I don't even know if I would really like have too much of a faith if it wasn't for those three dudes. So yeah, and I feel you the exact same way. I actually have. Uh, three friends that it's kind of like the same idea like we're super close very um, connected with God and they all live in different places well they all live in DC I live here but um, and it's the same idea it's the same thing Um, it's great because it's like you see how God can use others to kind of you know push you up encourage you like we have uh, we we have weekly weekly FaceTime calls where we just kind of just talk about our week talk about you know things we've been struggling with uh, you know what we've been reading in the Bible, kind of like just like talking about life, talking about, you know, what, you know, where we are spiritually, where we are physically, where we are mentally, all these things. So it's great because I think as guys, a lot of time mm. we, we're, we're told to put on, there's, there's like, there's two forms of masculinity now in the world. There's really two forms of it. There's very masculine behavior, like people like to call it toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And then there's the complete opposite, which I'm not going to describe. <laughs> so and it's like that's on the tough side it's like you know people are always saying like it's a traditional way of like tough it out you know don't talk about your feelings suck it up yeah like bottle it all down shove it away and just keep going on with life and the other side is tell the entire world and victimize yourself and it's like those are both just just wrong like there's just not they're not healthy they're not right um so you know i think as guys like I think one of the biggest blessings in my life was ha- is meeting these three guys and becoming friends with them because it allowed me to kind of have that balance, to kind of have people that when I'm down or when I want someone to talk to, I can talk to them and not be like, oh, like I'm being like, 
you know, like a baby. Like I don't have yeah. to worry about that. Like I'm, they're like genuine, real, and I'm able to really talk to them about how I feel and um, about like my thoughts and all that. So I think that's very good. And I think a lot of times us as men, like we forget to do that. So I think, I think for everyone out there, like that's kind of, you know, something to do to find a small group of people, three or four, where you can kind of just grow together in God and grow together as people in general and just kind of um, grow up as you, you know, go through high school, college, and uh, as you keep going. Yeah, I mean, I could not agree more with that last thing. I think, like, finding, it doesn't need to be, I don't, like, honestly, I don't know if it'd be a good thing if it was, like, 15 guys. That'd be awesome. I don't know many people that have that, but, like, those, like, two, three guys that, I mean, obviously, you have your family, um, and you have your, you know, your church, or whatever that support group looks like, um, but to have, like, two or three friends that, like, will answer the phone at two in the morning if you, like, just need them, like, that that's what I that's what I want everyone to have like because like I said like I've had to have some like really tough conversations with them about like stuff going on in my life whether it's like someone passing away or something I've been struggling with and like it's never like hey man and like they have, they have every right to do that right because like I said they're busy you know David and Maxwell are out in Chicago right now playing golf and Dax is like in Savannah playing golf so they have every right to be like no man I can't do it sorry I'm at a golf tournament right now I'm trying to focus on playing well, but every single time, like, it, it could be the David at a PGA Tour event, he was still calling me. Like, that's just how these guys are, and like, that's, that's the people you want in your life. Yeah, and I think as well, um, that, that vulnerability and openness creates, like, a deep, not obviously creates a deeper friendship, but it, it creates an ability for you to kind of almost, like, really become brothers, I think. Yeah. Um, like, that, that term is thrown around a lot, but it's, like, really, like, you feel like these people... Um, are almost like, like, it's almost like they live with you. Mm. You know, it's like the, the level of conversation that you have is so deep. Um, it's past the small talk. It's past the medium talk. I mean, you're, you're in the deep end with yeah. them. And it's great because you, you know, as guys, like a lot of guys are very brutally honest, very upfront. So it's great because, you know, like there's a guy in my group that's like that, very upfront, very honest with you. You know, if you need that, there's someone who's very compassionate, very, you know, like, oh, it's okay. So it's like, you get it. You get kind of a difference of opinions and a difference of um, approaches, which is, I think, very positive um, as a man of God as you're growing um, in your faith and in your life. So, just another question I have for you is: How do you how do you kind of connect yourself with God on a day to day basis? I think the the big thing for me um, is for me it's just waking up and spending time with God. Um, like I said, when I first got to college, I'd be like the last thing I would do because I'd want to sleep in as late as I could before class. Um, but now it just looks like even if it's 10, 15 minutes earlier when I wake up, um, you know, I'm going to read something in my Bible to start my day off, right? And a lot of times, like, this is something David did that he showed me. It's like meditating on the same verse um, over and over again. So recently, I mean, it's like my favorite verse, but I've like been in Psalm 23, just like that whole thing. Um, like leading him, lead me by, lead me by quiet waters, still pastures, like all that stuff. Um, because that's just such a way for me to calm myself in the morning. Like anxiety obviously is a real thing and I feel it just like everyone else does. And like, I think honestly, like the Lord just like a lot of the stuff that's just in the Bible is just so, it helps me with my anxiety so much. Um, I got diagnosed with like anxiety when I was seventh or eighth grade. I've been taking medicine for it ever since. Um, and for me, just like, medicine honestly helps I'm not even taking it anymore but the biggest thing that I realized that it helps for me is just meditating on like 
the word of God like that, 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 that provides such a calming presence for me, um, that I didn't really have before I started doing it. And then like another thing I think I do is for my job this summer and just in general, I have to drive a lot. Um, and it used to be, you know, go in the car and put on any music. So just nothing that really had any substance to it, just something to pass time. And now it's just being really intentional about what type of music I play. Um, so whether that's, you know, Christian music or whether that's sitting in silence, um, and just like taking it all in in the morning and trying to like have some quiet time in the car, just like being really intentional with my time. Because I mean, you'll see it this year, once you go to college, there's there's times in college where, you know, you just kind of don't have that much time. You just get really busy and like you can forget to spend time with God. So I think just for everyone like out there, I think, especially if you're going to college or in college, like be intentional with your time. That's That's my best advice. If you're not intentional with your time, especially in those like early days of freshman year like it can be so easy to follow a routine you might have had in high school so yeah and I'll, I'll, i like both the points you make you sorry you made <laughs> um like the first one about waking up earlier than you normally would just to spend time with god i think quiet time in the morning is completely different than quiet time any other time of the day mm. um, i think if you start your day with god like you really you really become in tune with him throughout the entire day um as part of the Coptic Orthodox Church, uh, like part of our church church rites, church rituals, is is that man? I'm really cracking up today. <laughs> um, is uh, in the monasteries and in, in the convents, the the monks and the nuns wake up at 4 a.m. Um, to do a service uh, called midnight praises, where like the whole purpose of it is to uncomfortably wake yourself up in order to spend time with God, to force yourself to go out of your comfort zone and spend time with God. Um, because f around 4 a.m. is when you're like in your deepest sleep. Yeah. Uh, so it's like intentionally breaking that in order to spend time with God. Um, and so I think, you know, the church kind of gives us that, that tool that I obviously not, not going to give at 4 a.m., but the church gives <laughs> us that tool, that idea that, you know, waking up early for God is what you should be doing. So I think it's very um, important to kind of wake up for God. And the second point you made, um, what was it? Kind of thing about my like anxiety stuff. Yes. Or, uh, no, or, that was something oh else. about being intentional. Intentional. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, in the music <laughs> in the car. That's what it yeah. was. Uh, sorry. We'll go back to the anxiety thing. But um, when it comes to the music in the car, like I I know for myself, um, about this time, well, about this time last year, I I decided to cut all secular music out of my life. Mm. Just completely cut it out. Um, cold wow. turkey. Just no rap. No pop. Wow. None of it. Um, and it's life-changing. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Better than me at that. But. It, it's, it's completely life-changing. I think now, I, I mean, people call me lame, but I, I listen exclusively to church hymnology. Um, wow. The, honestly, Coptic church hymnology. I'm not a big fan of, of worship music. That's a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, it is, it's hard sometimes. It's very yeah. hard because <laughs> it's like, it's not the most diverse type of music. But it definitely, because it's like whatever goes in your ears is going in your head. Dude. You know, yes. even if you're like, oh, it goes one of your out the other, it no, does not go out the 100%. other. 100%. It's like, it sits in your head. So um, if you ever actually listen to the words of the music that you're listening to, in my personal opinion, you cannot be listening to that music and call yourself a real Christian. Mm. In my, that's my personal mm. opinion. Um, if you're aware of the words that are being said. I, I always like, you know, when I started actually listening to the words, I was like, like what am I listening to? Like, it's just straight garbage. Like, there's yeah. not. No, it is. There's I no agree. benefit. 
So I think for me, that's I, I had to change it. And I've, made, I've noticed a significant um, increase in happiness and um, like temptation is just less, you yeah. know, but there's not random thoughts that wander in my mind about certain things that normally would. Um, so I'm just saying it's a, it's a suggestion. You should try it. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is a hard thing to do. Um, but going back to the anxiety thing, um, like mental, mental illness and mental health is a real thing. I yeah. think, and that's something that I think in modern society, we've kind of finally realized and finally came, uh, to that conclusion. So, um, I like what you said about how starting your day off with God kind of calms you down. You know, God is like the best medicine. Yeah. Uh, there's no other healer like him. Um, so how have you, how has your faith kind of, uh, helped with your anxiety in general? Yeah, I think, um, it's a great question. I think it, for a long time, my faith and anxiety were, were two separate entities. It was like, I'll manage my faith on one hand. And then on the other hand, I'll try to manage my anxiety. Um, and for some reason, even though in the Bible, in like Philippians, it just says like, cast all your anxieties on me. I was like, no, no, I don't need to, I don't need to put those two things together. Um, and eventually I think I probably read that verse. I read a verse in the Bible. It was like, come to me all who are like weary and I'll give you rest. Right. And I was like, huh, maybe I should try to combine these two things and like, see if that helps. And ever since then, ever since I started kind of, like you said, using God as like the medicine. Um, and obviously I, I'm not discrediting science and medicine. Like there's plenty of good things out there that help people with anxiety and they're very real things. I mean, I had medicine that helped me a lot for a long time, but like for me, the biggest thing was just that, that time with God is like something that I was able to kind of read his words and just have some reassurance that I didn't have before. Um, and some way to just calm myself down and kind of come to the realization that first off, like so many people struggle with anxiety, um, all ages, all genders. Um, but the second off is that God, nowhere in the Bible does God say you have to do it alone. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that was the big thing for me. Cause I always kind of thought the same thing. Like we talked about with your friends, you don't want to be a burden on your friends. Um, and then after kind of just reading the word of God and kind of realizing like, no, he wants me to, he wants me to talk to him and come to him with this. Um, he's not like going to turn me away or be embarrassed with me. That's not how it works. Like literally my shirt, I mean, it's why I wore it today. It says God is love. Like that, that's what he is. He's just a beacon of love. Um, so after I did that, um, you know, I just noticed a significant shift in my happiness. And then also just in, in my anxiety, I noticed it slowly going away and don't get me wrong. I mean, I have times all, I mean, sure. I get anxious all the time still. Like it's just a part of my life, but being able to manage is such an important thing. And I think, you know, using the words of God has helped that, that in a way that I did not have before, especially in, you know, middle and high school when I first started struggling with anxiety. Yeah. And I think, um, obviously mental health is a real thing and, um, like mental health issues are real things, but I think a lot of time our personal mindset can, either um, magnify the issue, you know, make it 10 times worse than it is, or sometimes even create it. Um, obviously, there's, pe there's people who struggle with it that can't control it. I'm not yeah, saying that. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of times, if you connect yourself with God and you change your mindset about how you think about the world around you and how you think about who you are in relation to all the things around you and the fact that you really have no control, I think a lot of times that helps with the anxiety or depression because you realize like the person who created everything around you, like the person is why I love, I love, you know, this, where this podcast is cause you look out the window and it's like, there's just trees everywhere. Yeah. Like the person who created the trees in the sky 
is the same person who has his, your, hand, your life in his hands right now. You know? Mm. Like, that's crazy to think yeah, about. It it's, is. it's wild to think about that. Like, think about you, to think about a tree, to think about on a mountain when you look at the trees and how small they are and how small you are. Mm. Like, that's just, that's just like, a, you know, like a little mountain. Now, to keep going further and further yeah. out and you realize, like, not how insignificant your problems are, but, like, how God is just so much, so much greater than anything you could ever experience. So I think a lot of times that, I mean, I know for myself, like, I didn't have any medically, um, like, confirmed depression or anxiety, yeah. but I definitely had those feelings no, at some I mean, point. Yeah, everyone, every, I feel like everyone Everyone does, everyone does at some point, you know? 100%. And I think, like, realizing that God is, God is, like, the ultimate God is the creator. God is everywhere. God is, you know, love. And he actually does love each and every single person like infinitely. Mm. I think at that point, like it really helps a lot with, uh, those, those thoughts and those feelings. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to see kind of what, how God works. Um, if you let him work, you know, I think that <laughs> if you yeah. let him work that's, is, that's like the key right is there the key. is letting him. Yeah. So how have you kind of shifted your, your heart and shifted your mindset to letting God work in your life? Um, I think the word like I, that just like comes to me right away is the idea of control. Um, that, that's, that's what the problem was for me for a really long time was the fact that I needed to be in control of everything, right? Like I said, with the college golf, me trying to play was I'm in control of my own destiny. Like I can get better at golf and get to a certain point. It's like, or I can control my grades and get to a certain point. And a lot of that's true, right? Like you can't control how much you practice golf. Um, and you can't control, you know, how well you do and not how well, but how hard you work in school. But at the end of the day, there's just a lot of, a lot of things that are going to happen that you have no control over. I mean, I think it was Tim Tebow. One of those guys always says control the controllables and let God do everything else. Um, so I have no problem with that. I think letting, like you can control a plant that like, like I said, for me, I could have controlled how much I practiced golf. Um, I could have probably practiced more when I was growing up and maybe played somewhere. But that's, that's not like the important thing in life anymore. For me, it was like the simple decisions, like the future down the road. Like who knows what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now. Like it could involve golf. It could be completely different. Maybe I'm working in a church. I have no clue. Um, but the more I worry about that and the more I try to control that, the probably the worse the outcome's going to be, right? And talk about anxiety. I mean, if I'm trying to worry about my future and like how, like that's the most anxiety-filled situation you can put yourself in. Um, and I think just like, there's so many verses in the Bible. I mean, like the one like everyone goes to is like Jeremiah 29, 11. Like I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, right? Like if you really do believe in the word of God and you read that, like there's no way that you can kind of go back on that. Like just if I, that's what I, Finally, kind of, once I got to a point where I, I knew I believed, you know, God was real, Jesus was real, and I accepted all that, I started reading that verse, and, you know, plenty of verses throughout the Old and New Testament, and I got to a point where I was like, okay, this, this is it. I believe God's in control, so so why am I trying to control it still? Um, and so just put in my, I think I've, you know, I've probably said this like 15 times on this podcast, but putting your trust in God's words instead of your own is, that's that's really, that's all that's left to do, um, and that's what, that's what I I still struggle with it. Don't get me wrong. Like I try to control things every day, um, but that's that's the best way to do it. And like, whenever I'm at my best is when I'm not trying to control everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And I think, as well, um, when it comes to, you know, putting your trust in God, I think a lot of times 
we get caught up with like, what's God's plan for my life? Mm. You know, and it's always like, it's such a dumb, honestly, such a dumb question to ask <laughs> because it's just like, like if you think like that, you're not going to get an answer. Yeah. Uh, I think the only way to get an answer is to really be in union with God. Um, there's a book called The Way of the Pilgrim. Um, it's a Russian Orthodox, I think it's Russian Orthodox. It's an Orthodox book. I'm not sure okay. uh, what, what sect. Um, but it's a really good book and it's about this guy who um, reads when first, uh, in First Thessalonians when St. Paul says, uh, to pray unceasingly. Mm. And he goes like, how in the world is that possible? I mean, because if you think about yeah. it, it's, it's kind of a wild thing to do. So he goes on this journey um, to try and find, you know, how to pray unceasingly. And he comes to this conclusion, I mean, he, he figures out, um, you know, kind of like the Jesus prayer, and he goes to a point where, you know, the Jesus prayer is literally stuck on his mouth. It's under his breath. Everything he's doing, every breath in and every breath out is, is the Jesus prayer, which is crazy. Um, but he also, he says this thing in the book, um, that's, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's that the past doesn't matter. The present, the present is, uh, what is it? Something about like the present is unimportant and the future is in God's hands. Mm. And nothing matters except that you're, that I'm with God mm. right now. Nothing matters except that I'm with God. The past doesn't matter. The present doesn't matter. The future doesn't matter. All that matters is that I'm with God. And I think that's, obviously, that's a level of spirituality that is so high and, like, yeah. it's very hard to yeah, reach hard that to level. Attain, yeah. um, but it's striving for that, I think, and just reminding yourself that literally nothing on this, on this planet will matter when you, on Judgment Day, except for I'm with God. Mm. You know, was yeah. I with God yeah. the last exactly. 80 years I was on earth, whatever it was. Nothing else will matter except for was I living with God. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of, if that's the catalyst of our decisions, like what can I do to be closer to God? That's kind of a very, that's kind of a way that God tells us what his plan is. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, look, like you're going to have so many things in life that are just crappy. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just, that's just how it is. I mean, we live in a imperfect world that's filled with sin. I mean, there's going to be things that are crappy. Um, and I think the biggest thing is I, I'm, quoting this Celtics there's a Celtics coach he got interviewed and this was after game seven after they lost this year um and they were like how are you going to go about this loss like how are you going to be okay with this like how heartbreaking is this for you and he you know puts this into perspective he's like hey, I met three people under the age of 21 today with terminal cancer and all they were talking about was how excited they were to be at this game tonight and he's like you always hear about people um Christians but people in general praising God when everything goes right He's like, but you never hear about people praising God when everything goes wrong. He's like, so this gives me an opportunity to sit right where my feet are, right? And just thank God for putting me in this position, regardless of what result happened, right? Like, I lost. Sorry, crap happens. Like, that's it's a sport. Like, life happens. You're not going to win every time. Um, but I think, like, that's, that's, what, that's when it really shows, like, who's really sitting at the, the feet of God like, at the moment. Like, because... Right, like if I had every single thing in my life go right, I'd probably be at Harvard right now. First off, and I'd be like the best golfer in the world, um, and that'd be really easy for me to pray, praise God. I would mm -hmm. be doing it, you know, every second of the day because I'd never, I'd never had anything bad happen to me. But it's when times are terrible. Um, like you're, like you know, Christians talk about it all the time mountains and valleys. Like you have them in your faith. I mean, that's inevitable. Like it, that's not something you can really control all too much. You can, but the thing is, like in those valleys. It's how you respond. Um, obviously, like I said, on the mountain, it's easy. But in the valley, like, how are you going to respond? Are you going to 
curse God? Are you going to, you know, lose your faith? I mean, I, I, I know it's in some of my valleys, you know, I've lost my faith. Um, but eventually I got to a point where I was like, I just still need to just sit at God's feet and be right where I am and just worship him. Cause if we truly do believe that he has that plan for us, I mean, I know it's a cliche thing for Christians to say, but I know me and you both really do believe that then like, who are we to, who are we to worry about it? Mm-hmm. Like we can still praise him. Cause if he actually does have that plan, like when me and you both think he does, then that's okay. Like it's just part of it. And it's like you said, like there will be valleys. Mm. I mean, the prophet Elijah wanted to kill himself. Yeah. So like there will, like you're going to have times <laughs> where, and that dude got taken on a chariot to heaven. Like Job too. Man. I mean, yeah. just cr- so I mean, many stories. I mean, Elijah didn't die. He got taken into the chariot to heaven and he mm. wanted to kill himself at some point in his life. Mm. So it's like, there's, there's a, you know, St. Paul, he says, like, rejoice in all tribulation. Mm. There will be suffering. There will be tribulation. Rejoice. That's like, so good. It, it's not like we weren't warned. I think a lot of times yeah. we're, like, <laughs> we're like, oh, like, why isn't it easy? Well, you were told it wasn't going to be easy, you yeah. know? Um, so it's, that's, I mean, it's very, I, I, think, I think it's encouraging. You know, I think it's encouraging because you look at, especially me being part of the Coptic church, um, we're known as the Church of the Martyrs. I mean, our entire history is just people getting killed for the faith. I mean, it, it, that's just, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even up until now uh, in Egypt. So it's, it's like, you, like I, I heard a, a quote where it was like, you know, for that we were told where it's like, because obviously we live in this world and a lot of times like we kind of fall out of the faith and a lot of people, you know, leave the church or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's kind of a tough saying, but it's, you know, how are you going to throw away the blood of the martyrs because you want to have some fun? Yeah. And it's God, it's like, it's so hard to like hear that, but it's like, it's so true. You know, there's people who your ancestors died for this. Mm. I mean, like there's people who I know who are related to people who, you know, were martyred for the faith even recently. Yeah. Um, so it's like, like, are you really going to throw away that, that birthright? You know, are you going to do what Esau did and throw away the birthright for, you know, a, for like soup, for just something for temporary, for hunger, for the lust of the flesh? Mm. Or are you going to hold on to it and persevere? So I think in this, not to make this got dark, sorry. But like, <laughs> but like not to say like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, don't feel guilty about like wishing that life was easier, but it's like realize that life is hard and it's only going to get harder and the only thing that's going to make you feel at peace is getting closer to God. I think that's the distinction is that these tests and these trials are so that you get closer to God. If you do the opposite, it'll just get worse. Um, I think I've noticed that in my own life. And I think, I mean, there's, I mean, the stories don't end. No, I, I you know? was about to say, I think I'm on that exact same page. I mean, like, that's how it was for a long time. I mean, whenever there was a rough time. I would like completely try to like go away and try to do my own thing. And like, when you try to do your own thing, that just makes it worse. Like yeah. always, whether you, like, like I said earlier for me, like a big struggle, like was like filling myself with earthly pleasures, not, you know, just like dumb stuff, like social media, um, playing too many video games, hanging out with the wrong, like whatever it may be, like those earthly things just aren't going to like, they'll bring, like I said earlier, temporary happiness, but that's such a fleeting feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, congrats you feel happy for four hours and then you get back in bed and you're by yourself and you're like wow i'm really not happy right now like my life sucks or whatever um and you can only find kind of 
true happiness, but I like the word joy a lot more because like that's what it's in the Bible, just true joy um, when you have that relationship with the Lord because otherwise it's all going to be temporary because you can't really be happy. If you, I, I don't know about you, but I couldn't be happy knowing that if I died at the end of my life that that would be it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds terrible to me. Um, but I can find joy knowing that, like, you know, obviously, knock on wood, I don't die tomorrow. But if I did, I could I could rest in the fact that, you know, I, I truly do believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And, like, that's enough, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, another thing um, to kind of, like, as Christians that we should really believe and really live by is that, like, if I die tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, who cares? Like, if I die tomorrow, I'll be in a better place. Mm. You know, and I think we get so caught up in in the small things that we do. We get so caught up in the dumb, the dumb interactions, the you know, whatever like friendships that aren't edifying, the drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. And it's like, what happens if you die tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like again, I'll take this super dark, but no, like I mean, it's I'm on the it's, same page. it's a hard thing to think about, but it's like that's what it is. Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is interesting. It is, it's very interesting to kind of put yourself into perspective and realize that life is, God is like, eternal life is, is the goal. I mean, yeah. it is the goal. So it's how do you kind of take those steps to pursue that even more? That's 100%. what life's about. Yeah, 100%. Like in the, again, bringing back to Coptic Orthodoxy, there's, in the Coptic liturgy, we sing every, every single time we, we have a church service, it's, and we are sojourners in this place. And, it, and keep us in your faith until the end. So it's like we're like we're visitors here on earth. That's like it's crazy. Like we're <laughs> yeah. visitors. Like we we have a residence up, upstairs. You know, like yeah. we're we're just here for the eighty years for the yeah, ninety tiny years whatever. on that timeline. Right? Exactly. It's yeah. such a small, um, such a small portion. So it's you know what can we do in these sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred years to praise God in every single moment of our life? Yeah. Um, because it's like if you can't, if you can't praise, if you're not comfortable living with God on earth, how are you going to live with Him in heaven? Like, yeah, how's really, that going to work? Yeah, you know, that's that's like um, this is kind of off topic, but um, that's an answer to like, you know, why like why does God give us free will? That's the answer to that question. Yeah, you know, if if he, you know, it's like, oh, like, like if God knows that heaven's better for you, then why would he give you free will to choose the wrong things? Mm. Because if you don't want to choose the wrong things, then why is he going to force you to, you know? Mm. So, yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> no, man. Uh, Do you have uh, anything else? No, nah, I've, I've really enjoyed this. Um, thank you again. Our uh, Instagram for everyone that's going to see us is College Faith Family. Yeah, it'll um, be uh, first link in the description. Don't worry, yeah, I got you. All right, sounds good. Um, but thank you, man. I've really enjoyed this. It's always good to talk to another christian just hear more about your faith as well so thank you for yeah no thank the, you thank you giving, for coming on yeah giving us for another not here but the opportunity for this we really appreciate it no i appreciate it a lot and hopefully i'll get the rest of them on at some yeah, point yeah yeah uh in the future um their instagram will be first link in the description um instagrams of all four of them will be in the description if you want to check out the golfers or or ben here um not me for nah, golf you can, <laughs> you can check them out for other stuff out, yeah but <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe, turn on post notifications, share, and see you guys next week. Thank you.